Welcome to track number 18 of Tell Them. talking about hell because hell is so frightening amen the next one is because you'll be you'll be you you'll be welcomed by demons and dead people demons and dead people these are the two most scary things that we know as human beings demons and dead people and yet this is where people are going one time i met a man and he had just come back from prison. And he said, he doesn't feel free. He's always looking around in case they are coming to take him back to the prison. But he told me something that made me understand something I've never thought about. 
It said in the prisons, just in South Africa, they, they just rape you. Huh? Is it true? Hey! The kinds of people that are there. Hey! So I realized that the place is made wilder by the people that are there. That's what makes the place even wild. So if you are going to go to hell with the wildest murderers, killers, rapists, I mean, shedders of blood, Hitler, I mean, I don't know if Hitler will be there, but Hitler, Hitler-like type of people. These are the people that are going to be your companions. And the wildest demons. And Satan himself. All of you together. Is it not necessary for us to go and tell people that they will not go to such a place? Hey, what else should I say that I have not said to make you a soul winner? 105 reasons. 106. 107. Let's move on. Hundred and seventh reason why we must be soul winners is so that the people in the world will come to enjoy the feast that God has for us. Come closer, isn't it? To enjoy the feast. The feast of the Lord. Amen. In Luke chapter 14, he said, go out and invite them to come. The Bible says, a certain man made a great supper. And he said, come and eat. Amen. When you come to the feast, what are the things you are going to enjoy at the feast? The bread of life. Number one, the bread. I'm giving you the menu for the dinner. Do you want to know the menu for the dinner? Number one, the bread of life. Wow. Don't you want people to enjoy the bread of life? Huh? So you have some bread at this great feast. Amen. Come closer and enjoy this great feast. Hmm? Number two, you will enjoy the milk. The Bible says as newborn babes desire the sincere milk. So at the dinner that you are going, people are being invited for, they are going to enjoy the bread. Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. They're going to have some milk. Number two, they are, number three, they are going to have some meat. God has all kinds of meat. Bible says, but strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age. Even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Are you, ex- are you seeing the table that is being said? We have some bread. We have some milk. And now we have some strong meat. Beef. Pork. Chicken. Ostrich. What? Tozem. Chosem. Joseph. What is that? Cats. Forgive. Then you have some water to wash down the bread and the meat. But whosoever drinketh of the waters that I shall give him, he shall never thirst again. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you excited that you are going to have some water, everlasting waters, drinking from that water? Then at the fruit at the table, you are going to have some fruits. Because we have to have a balanced diet. He said, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness. Against such there is no law. So we have put some bread, some meat, some milk, some water, some fruits. And we've not yet finished. We'll have some wine. Wow. And he took the cup. 
And he gave thanks and said, Drink ye all of it. For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for the remission of sins. This cup is my blood. You come to the blood of Jesus. You come to this feast. You come to that wine. That blood that was shed on the cross of Calvary for all our sins. That's why he's inviting you to come closer. To come closer. Come closer to me. Closer to me. I want to heal you. I want to touch you. All those doubts and all those fears that you've had on through the years. I want to heal you. Says the Lord. Come closer to me. Closer to me. I want to heal you. And I want to touch you. How many want him to touch all you? All those doubts and all those fears. All those fears. That you've had on through the years. Come on. I want to heal you. Says the Lord. How many want to come closer? Come closer to me. Come to the branch. Closer come to, the milk. to me. I want to heal come you. Come for the meat. Come for the fruits. You. Come for the living water. All those doubts and all those fears that you've had down through the years. I want to heal you. Says the Lord. You've tried so hard to hide all the pain you feel inside. You hope nobody sees through your disguise. Instead you wish somebody Come on, closer. Come closer to me. Closer to me. I want to heal you. I want to bless you. And I want to bless you. Come on now. If you come to me today. If you come to me today. I will wipe your tears away. I will wipe your tears away. I want to heal you. Says the Lord. Hey. You see why we must be so winners. We, we won't. We have to tell them to come closer. God wants to heal them. God wants to touch them. God wants to bless them. That's why we, we can't be silent. We must tell them. We must tell them. There's a feast. There's a feast. Come on closer. Come on. For your healing is near. For today. Oh. You today. The Father say, Come closer to me, closer to me. I want to heal you. Touch the person next to you. I want to heal you. I want to touch you. Like this, like this. All those doubts and all those fears that it had on through the years. I want to heal you. Say, you. Can you hear the voice of Jesus? He's calling to the whole world and he's saying come closer. Come closer. Come on nearer. I want to heal you. Sing it. I want to heal you. I want to touch you. I want to bless you. Come closer. Come closer to me. Closer to me. I want to heal you. Oh yes. I want to touch you. I will wipe your tears away. I want to heal Come on. you. Touch the person next to you. Come closer, brother. I want to I wanna heal you. Come on. Come closer to me. Oh, I've been moving. Closer, closer. to me. I want to heal you. Oh, yeah. I want to touch you. If you come to, if you me, come today, to me today, 
we must be soul winners winning souls for the Lord. Amen. Amen. Alright. How many reasons do you have? 107. Number 108. Oh, it's 107. 108. Because we must be soul winners because people are wasting their lives away. Without Christ. Luke chapter 15. Bible says a prodigal son. A certain man had two sons. The younger of them said unto his father. Father give me the good portion of good that falleth to me. Not many, many days. And he, and he divided unto them his living. And not many days thence he took his journey into a far country. And there. There. He did what? He wasted his substance on riotous living. That word waste is the prodigality. People are wasting. How many of you have realized that you've wasted, you've wasted your years? Huh? Do you think you've wasted your years? Some of you have wasted your beauty on some unworthy fellow. Brr. You wasted your life. You wasted your niceness. By the time you finished, you were not nice anymore. Wasted years. Wasted years. People are just wasting their lives until wasted Jesus comes. Wasted years. Oh, how foolish. Have you walked on in darkness, Have you walked and in darkness and fear? Turn around, turn around. The Lord is calling you. He's calling you from your life of wasted years. Have you wandered along? A long pathway Have you lived in a life A life of fear Have you searched for that great Hidden name Is your life filled with days of wasted years Wasted years Wasted years Oh, how foolish 
next reason why we must be soul winners is that we must give people the choice. We must give people the choice to choose whether they want to serve the Lord or not. Isn't it very sad when you don't have a choice? Huh? Many people don't have a choice because they don't even know about Him. So they don't have... They, they, it's not like they've chosen darkness. But they were never shown something else. Is it not true? Is it not true? It is true. Amen. When you choose Christ, what does it mean when they are choosing? Number one, it means when you choose Christ, you are choosing between two spiritual fathers. Hey, people don't know that they have to choose between having God as your father or the devil as your father. Mercy. They, they, often such people say God is the father of everyone, but God is not the father of everyone. Jesus said to the Pharisees, you are of your father the devil. So you choose between two fathers. Number two, you choose between two ways. A broad way and a narrow way. You see, all these are sermons you can preach. You are choosing between two ways. A broad way and a narrow way. You are choosing between two fathers. God is your father or the devil is your father. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be that go in thereat. You are choosing between life and death, eternal life and eternal death. He that believeth not, he that believeth on the Son of God hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not on the Son shall not see life for the wrath of God abideth on him and this is life eternal that they may know thee the only true god and jesus christ whom thou hast sent he that believeth on the son hath life he that believeth not hath not life shall not see life john 3 36 so when you choose christ you are between choosing between two fathers you are choosing between two ways you are choosing between two you're choosing between life and death and the next one, you are choosing between two destinations. Hey! You are choosing destination heaven or destination hell. Mercy. What do you think? If you knew you were going to hell, would you sit on the, on the train? When you, if, you, if you know that that car is going to have an accident or that plane is going to crash, will you sit on it? So, but if you have a choice and you know, will you go on it? No. So we are giving people a choice that this plane you are sitting on is going to crash. Do you still want to go on it? Yes, I want to go. No, I don't want to go. That is number 108. We must be so winners so that we can, people can have a clear choice that I know that this is going to fire and I want it or I don't want it. At least they have a choice. But when they don't know, they thought they were just going to the normal place, but not knowing they were going to, then they didn't even have a choice. They just went on. So we must be so winners so that we give people the choice. They can choose for themselves death or life. God as their father or the devil as their father. They can choose a narrow way or a broad way. They can choose between a destination as heaven or a destination as hell. I heard Billy Graham sharing this message many, many years ago. He said, when you are choosing God, this is what you are choosing. You are choosing two fathers. You are choosing between two fathers, between two ways, between two destinations. Choose this day whom you want to serve. And I want to encourage you to choose Christ. Choose to work for God. And give people the chance to choose. Don't say they won't be saved. Don't say he's already decided. Give him the chance. You never know. He may choose. That's why with unbelievers, you never know the day they will be saved. One day I said a lawyer in our church, the one I said he sent the long fax to us. Today I saw him even training to be a shepherd. 
he was a very wild unbeliever. He didn't, I mean, when we invited him to church, he said, oh, I don't go to disco in the afternoon. Your church is like a jumping afternoon disco. Young people jumping up and down, and I mean, it's not an afternoon jump. But one day, we had a breakfast meeting. Morning breakfast, we said, break, yeah. And somebody, one of our church pastors, lady pastors, I don't know if she was a pastor then, she just still went to invite him. And I mean, you think he would never come? So, I can't, surprisingly, he came. There were not many people there, maybe about 30 people. 20, 30 people. And the pastor preached, Bishop Duncan Williams. We invited him and he just came to speak to that small group. And as he was speaking, this lawyer took a pen and paper and started to make a list of all the wrong things that he was saying, that these are all these things that he's saying are not wrong. So he was writing. That's his own story. He was writing. Look, that was saying this wrong. We cannot say this. This is this. And he started, he was making the notes as he sat at the table like that. Then the man preached and he said, Bishop Neki preached. He said there was a man in San Francisco who went into an earthquake and he survived. And they asked him, How did you survive? And he said, By my own, by uh, strong willpower. I had strong willpower and I survived the earthquake. They interviewed his wife. They said, How were you able to, how was your husband able to survive under the earthquake for three days and night? She said, My husband is a, is a man of strong willpower. I remember because I was sitting there and the lawyer was also writing his notes. And they asked the doctor, how was your patient able to survive under the earthquake in San Francisco for three, three days and nights? And the doctor said, my patient is a man of strong willpower. Very determined. A millionaire, determined. After eight days, the man of strong willpower had a heart attack and died. Where was his strong willpower? Huh? So he pointed and he said, you may be here, whoever you are. You have to give your life to God. When he gave the op- opportunity to give your life to Christ, this lawyer who was writing down, knows, he told me, he said, I don't know, but when I look, I saw that my hand was up. <laughs> ah, what is my hand doing here? And they said, come! <laughs> Can you believe it? From that day, he was saved. Up till today. Years ago. Hey! If he had not been given the opportunity, you just condemn him in your mind that this man cannot be saved because he is so some way. But God wants us to give opportunity to people to be saved. Amen. Amen. Ask your neighbor, are you a man of strong willpower? (laughs) The next reason why we must be soul winners is to give everybody a chance to become a new creation. A new person. What do you think? Amen. A chance to become what? Amen. A chance to become what? A new creation. When a man is in Christ, he's a new creation. When you see somebody in church and you see he's got a very old car, like Pastor Glufio's car, you feel that, you know, you want to give him a chance to have a new creation. Is it not true? <laughs> you, you sense that you want to give a person a chance to have something new. Is it not true? I'm asking you a question. Is it not true? It is true. Yeah. So, when you look at somebody with the old creation, old life, old music, old everything, old whatever, and he said, look, let's give this person a chance to have what? A new creation. To become something new. To be created again. To have your sins thrown away, put into the sea of forgetfulness. How many are glad that your sins, which you were, when you, whenever you are, you see, you know, people call you by your problem. 
and by your sins. They call you by your problem like the woman with the issue of blood. But in society also, people call you by your sins. Hey! Like the madman of Gadara, they call him, they don't, we don't know his name, just know that he was a madman. But at times, the people call you by your sins. The girlfriend of her, minister of moon and sunshine. That's how they, that's how they call it. Hmm? Are you listening? I was watching the news one day with my mother-in-law and then somebody came on the television and said, ah, this girl, then she said all her sins. I said, oh! <laughs> I realized that your sins, eh? It's like your ID. Your ID, your ID number. The one who did this. The one who did this. The one who did did this. Oh, don't they deserve a chance to become a new creation? Some of my pastors, they were so bad, but today they are not known by their sins. Yeah, they are known as the pastor of this church. The pastor of that church. The this of that. It's fantastical. Meanwhile, Hmm. If you go into the background, I said, if you go into the background, if you go into the background, hey, you see them in cars, sitting in boots as the cars, sitting like this. They are watching things. But thank God for the sea of forgetfulness. Your steadfast love that 
Cleansing your sin. Hey, ladies, have your sins been cleansed? Huh? Are you glad about that? For me, I'm very glad. Oh. I'm very, very, very glad. Amen. Wonderful. Now, the next reason why, how many reasons do you have? 110. Hey. Well, no, 200. It's so that the sins, they are sins. We must be so witness so that the sins of the people that we witness to can be wiped out. Can be wiped away. Amen. By the blood of Jesus. Mm. Shabala. Wiping. I'm talking about wiping away by the blood. Huh? Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22. Almost all things are by the law purged with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. And if these people don't know about this blood, how can their sins be wiped away? How can you be called a pastor today if it was not for the blood of Jesus Christ? How can you be called a, a pastor today if it was not for the blood of Jesus? Somebody like you. Who love somebody like me. Hey. It's a complete brew. <laughs> somebody like you love somebody like me. How can it be possible unless there is an agent which can clean? A certain man, he loved a certain lady, but she was a prostitute. No, not Margaret. And he took her from the prostitution. And he said, come, I love you. Come closer. Come closer. I need you. I want you. Come. And he took her and he took her home. He cleaned her up. He married her. Had children with her. Yeah. He really loved her. That's what God does. Through the blood. There is an agent that can wipe away your sins. No one will ever know that you were a witch. <laughs> that you used to fly by night at 3 a.m. You were drinking blood of people on trees. What can wash away my sins? Hey, what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Hey, one day I saw a murderer. He had killed somebody. But the blood of Jesus had washed him. When he was in prison for murder, somebody came to the prison and spoke to him. And he gave his life to Jesus Christ. 
And when he, one day they, they, they said the prison was full. So they did some lottery with the computer. And the computer chose him with some others. But he was chosen to be set free. <laughs> so he came out. But now he was a Christian. And he became a pastor. He told me, he said, I planted two, two, I built 200 churches in Kenya. This man. And he has a very large church in America now. So when he was telling this story, because I was preaching and he, he, I preached and I, told, I talked about how I went to preach in the prison. So when I came to sit down, he came, he sat by me, he said, he said, thank you for going to the prison. I was in prison. I was in prison for murder. And he always says, he, he, he says to me, I was a murderer. So he has two daughters who got married. And he always advises the husbands of his daughters that, look, me, I don't take nonsense. <laughs> if you are marrying my daughters, eh, you know my background. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to stir up my passions. Hey! You've come for my daughter to marry my daughter. He said, I have two daughters. And they have married. So I tell them, be careful. Don't bring yourself at any possible time. Treat them very well because you know my background. So one day, one day I met him again. I was in in a hotel. And he had come there to preach. And he was, we, were, we were all in the hotel. So I, I came out of my room. I was going down in the evening. And when I, I was waiting at the lift, I pressed down. So then the lift came. When it opened, who was in the lift alone? This murderer. So I took all my courage and I went into the, the lift with him. And uh, as I was in the lift with him, I was talking. He, he, he was such a nice man. And I looked at him and I told him that when I look at you, I just the mercy of God. I mean, you are a murderer. You should have been in prison. And here, for, uh, yeah, condemned. And here you are like a man of God in a five-star hotel. We were in a five-star hotel in Panama City over, overlooking the Atlantic Ocean and uh, the Pacific Ocean. Hey! And he was just standing there. He said, so I said, did you understand? We said, oh, he just said, I am blessed. I am blessed. Hey, I am blessed. <laughs> and you, 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 you see how the blood of Jesus is so powerful to wipe, to purge, purge. You understand? Purge. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Sing that song. Hey, I want What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Hey. And what can make me whole again? Nothing. So that they can be cleansed by the blood. The first one was purged, wiped away. Now, after you are, if you are, if you, you see, sin is such that even if your sins are wiped away, there is a certain pollution that is still in your life from sin. How many realize that sometimes you are saved, but it's like there's a bit of the madness is still in you? 
How many have noticed that when you are cured, it looks like there's the bottom of the madness is still there. Once in a while. But no two symptoms. So there is a certain pollution and dirtiness that comes even though you have been cleansed. It has affected you in a way. So you need to be washed, purged, and then after that, cleansed. He said, the blood of Jesus cleanses us, cleans, cleans the heart. Because some of you, you see sometimes when somebody has been into certain things, you see that the is affected. Yeah. You see, if you are a strange woman and you are used to eating men, you will realize that every man you see, you think in that way. Even when you come to church, you can't easily change your dressing. Because the thing is part of you. You are an eater. You don't know how to give an innocent hug. When you are going to give a hug, you come and hurt the person like this. Because your, your body and your breast, you only, you know it only for doing bad things. So you can't. You don't know innocence. Hey! So you need to be cleansed of the pollutions. One time there were two armed robbers, they were being chased by people, and the people had decided to kill them. And they caught one of them. And they were chasing the other one. The other one knew that this was the last day of his life. And he saw a septic tank. Do you know septic tank? Septic tank is where in a house, the sewage, they have... No, but you have a central system here. Uh, But in, in Ghana, we have this big tank. So everybody in the house puts his... The things go there. And for maybe for some years, and then it's full. And when it's full, then they come and take it away and they go and put it in the sea of forgetfulness. <laughs> hey, that's why when you are eating, whether it's fish or meat, you have to pray. Or you don't know what your fish has eaten before it is coming. Before, you, before it was fried. But the guy saw that he was going to die and he saw this septic tank and he ran and he jumped inside. And then he came out. No, it's a true story. And he came out like that. And all the people saw that all the people went back. We will not catch him again. Because you have to catch him. You have to hold him. So he ran away free. Now such a person, he needs more than a bath. What do you think? He needs to be purged and then he needs to be cleansed. Disinfected. Hey! Even his eyebrows, there will be things on his eyebrows. When he's open his eyes. Hey. Some drops will be in his hair. Hey. Amen. The next one is because they need to be reconciled by the blood of Jesus. The next reason why we need to tell people is so that they can be reconciled. They can be made friends again with God. Amen. In Romans 3, chapter 24, chapter 3, verse 24, it says, God, we are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came through Jesus Christ. God presented Him as a sacrifice of atonement through faith. And He did this. Amen. As a sacrifice of atonement. Amen. At one meant. Becoming one with God. As a propitiation for your sins. Amen. Then the next reason why 
we need to be soul winners is so that people can now have peace with God through the blood of Jesus. They have to know that God is not angry with them. That God loves them. And we want them to have peace through the blood of Jesus. Colossians chapter 1 verse 20. Colossians chapter 1 verse 20. And having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things to, to himself. Alright. I say whether they be things in heaven or things in the earth. Alright. Having made peace through the blood. Peace through the blood. Everybody say peace through the blood. 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 How many realize that you are quite peaceful? Today is what day? Thursday. You are sitting here in the morning. You are peaceful. There is some peace in you that is not in a lot of people. How many realize that there is some peace in you that is not in a lot of people? You are sitting here Thursday. It's the morning of Thursday. You've been here since what? Tuesday. Monday. And today is Thursday. There is a peace that you have that many people do not have. And you are cool. You are okay. God is giving us peace through the blood. And many people need this peace. They don't have peace. Every day, fighting in the house, shouting, insulting, killing, hanging of wives, poisoning of children, slicing of children. I remember one man who worked in the United Nations. He told his wife, one day I'll kill you and I'll kill all the children. And one day he did it. He took a knife and he killed his wife and he killed himself. I will never forget the day when they called me to tell me this man had killed our church member. With a knife. He will work in the United Nations, have a lot of money, and just get up one. He said, the people are troubled. And after that, he went and stood in front of a train, huge train that was coming at Tosper, just stood in, just jumped in front of it, and it was turned into corned beef or minced meat. Oh. And there he found he had bought a knife and killed a wife. Oh. Always fighting, threatening, warning. Warning the, the, child, the, the, the mother, warning the, his wife and children, I'll kill you and I'll kill all of them. And he did it one day. And you ask yourself, you are in, 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 in a country, working in the United Nations. You have a lot of money. You earn this. People from your country don't earn this. You have this and that and that and that. And you are, you are a troubled person. Hey, there's no peace. But the Bible says, having made peace through the blood reconciled us to God, made peace. That's why we have to be so witness. Because people don't have peace. They don't have peace. They need, they, and they will find peace through the blood of Jesus. They will not find peace through teachings on economic enhancement or empowerment of the community. Can I have an amen? amen. Wow. The next one is people need to be bought back. From the devil. The, the, the devil needs to be paid so that we can take the people back. And that word to be, to be bought back comes from a Hebrew word, a Greek word, which means to, which is translated to be redeemed. When you say somebody is redeemed, it means he's been bought. To buy back somebody is to redeem the person. Amen. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things, such as silver and gold, from your vain conversation, received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. How many are glad that you have been bought back? Because the devil, he has claims on you. He said, no, this is my man. I have agreement with him. He works for me. And then, and then they are coming for you. And then Jesus steps in and says, or even an angel steps in and says, look, it's been paid. He's been bought back. This is, the, this is the receipt. This is the receipt. Hey, have you ever gone out of a shop and they challenge you that you didn't pay for? Has it happened to you before? And then you bring out your receipt and you say, Look, I paid. You can't take me. But when you've not paid for it, you'll be shaking when they catch you. Have you stolen something from a shop before? Forgive. 
One day I was working with a certain sister. Oh, sister. Not knowing that she was a thief. And I was moving with her. Not knowing that she was a she was an experienced thief. So ah, I, I was walking, so she wanted to just look at something. So we walk, walking, walking, walking. So when we came out of the shop, I said, ah. She now brought out some things. I said, What are these? I said, Oh, I, I got I, I got them. I said, you got them from I said, oh, from the shop. You didn't pay. So, oh, how should I pay? I didn't pay. I just took them. Hey! It is dangerous to work with such people. Because when they come and they ask you where, we, we want this, and you don't have a receipt to show I have paid. They will arrest you and them. So when the devil is coming for you, no, no. When the devil is coming for you, say, I, I have a right based on a mother, based on a father, and certain other things. I'm coming for her. All that you have to bring is the blood. And she said that we are redeemed. Not, not with, we didn't pay even with even rants. We paid with dollars. or we, pay, we didn't pay with, I mean, ordinary things. We paid with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. You are redeemed. I said you are redeemed. You've been, you've been bought. Are you glad that you've been bought? How many know that devils want to kill you? Did you know that? Eh. <laughs> if the devil could kill you, all of us would die. Especially me, I would just die like that. Pa! If he could kill me at any time. Because I've seen him trying to kill me many times. Because I'm his enemy. And he is my enemy. Because he's the enemy of my master. Your master's enemy is your master. It's your enemy. Your Lord's enemy is your enemy. The one who wanted to kill your Lord wants to kill you. Jesus said to the Pharisees, you are of your father the devil and his desires you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and you want to do exactly what he did. Murder. They wanted to kill him all the time. First sermon he preached, they wanted to throw him down a cliff. Always elimination. But because of the purchasing power of the blood of Jesus, you are set free. And that's this blood that we are coming to Receive. It's a very precious thing. Amen. A blood that was shed on the cross for us. Amen. Sons of God, hear his holy word. Do you know this song? Around the table of the Lord, eat his body, drink his blood, and we'll sing that song of Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Brothers, sisters, we are one, and our lives have just begun. In the Spirit, we are one, and we'll live forever. Sons of his holy word gather round the table of the Lord eat his body drink his blood and we'll sing a song of love hallelujah 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 now you, you need to know it it's our lighthouse it's our song now I think it was a catholic song but it's now our song we are singing. No, songs are free. Amen. <laughs> now, it's now our lighthouse communion song. Uh, anytime we are having communion, we sing this song. So you must learn it, okay? And the first verse. Brothers, sisters, we are one. And our li- You must write it in your book. You can't keep it here. Get your book. Brothers, sisters, we are one. And our lives have just begun. In the spirit we are young. And we live forever. Sons of God. Here is the 
Did you get the first verse? Brothers, sisters, we are one. And our lives have just begun. Have you got that? Brothers, sisters, we are one. And our lives have just begun. Number three. In the spirit, we are young. Young. In the spirit, we are young. We are young. Do you want to be old? And we'll live for... And we will live forever. Okay? Have you got it? Have you got the song? Is this real wine? Alcoholic wine? Yeah. We use alcoholic wine. Real wine. That's what is used for communion. Don't use juice. Okay. <laughs> Have you got the song? Who is the one typing this thing? Are you doing it or are you not doing it now? Okay. Then this one, write, write it down also. Have you written this one down? Yes. Sons of God, hear his holy word. Gather round the table of the Lord. Eat his body, drink his blood, and we'll sing a song of love. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Brothers, sisters, we and our lives have just begun. In the spirit, we are young. And we'll live forever, sons of God. Here is only one. Gather round the table of the Lord. Eat his body, drink his blood, and we'll sing a song of love. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Brothers, sisters, we are one, and our lives. Sing it, everybody! Everybody, sing it. In the spirit, we are young, and we'll live forever. Sons of God, hear His holy word. Gather round the table of the Eat his body, drink his blood, and we'll sing a song of love. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. And the second song that we'll sing at the end of the communion is On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross. Not brother, sister, brothers. Brothers, sisters, brothers, sisters, we are what? On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. And I love that old cross where the nearest and best for a world of lost sinners was slain. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down. I will You see, we are talking about the blood of Jesus and the cross on a hill far away. Stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. I love that old cross. 
This message continues on the next track. Keep listening. <laughs> 